As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb show live from Tel Aviv, Israel, coming to you via satellite on the Fox Sports Radio family of networks, the iHeart app, Sirius XM Channel 83, and of course our hundreds of affiliates nationwide in FoxSportsRadio.com. We have so much, so much to get to. Uh, let's let's just get right after it. Phil Jackson is gone from the New York Knicks. There is that to react to, uh, but the the story of the day, the story of the night, or at least where I'm broadcasting from in uh, in Tel Aviv, Israel, is that Chris Paul is gone, and that is the end of the greatest era in the history of the L.A. Clippers. Remember the Jack Nicholson movie, As Good as It Gets. There's no such thing as a lifelong Clipper fan that's that's under the age uh, that's over the age of like 15. Just doesn't exist. They weren't any good. Trust me. The previous time they were they were good. I was a kid in L.A. The riots happened. They had to play the first round of the NBA playoff games in um, 
the NBA playoff games at the Anaheim Convention Center. So I want to get to what it means for the Rockets because I, I don't think that it's a slam dunk for the Rockets just yet. But the first thing is, that is the end of the greatest era in the history of the L.A. Clippers. And you're like, they didn't get out of the second round. That's kind of my point. They were a little bit snake-bitten, right? Injuries to Paul, injuries to Blake Griffin. If you don't have one of your two or three stars, and it's a roster that, in all candor, was built for kind of a foregone era. They had Chris Paul, who's a true point. They had J.J. Redick, who's a true shooting two. They never really figured out the small forward position. Started with Jared Dudley. He was out of shape, hurt, fell out of favor, and then they just tried to keep patching holes, and that didn't work. The power forward was Blake Griffin. Of course, he suffered through a couple of injuries. Even with Paul and Blake Griffin hurt this year, they still won over 50 games. And then DeAndre Jordan, who's a true shot-blocking center, but cannot face up, cannot score, but can change a game as a dynamic rim protector. So much, to, so, so much that was so good, and yet it never came together at the right point. Even though they even had sixth man of the year, Jamal Crawford. But the thing changed when they lost their backup point guard, Darren Collison. He goes up the road to the Sacramento Kings, and they replace him with Austin Rivers. And there's this weird thing about nepotism in our country, or at least nepotism in sports. Trust me, I'm a coach's son. I played for my dad growing up in AAU. And the dads go one of two ways. Either they're tougher on their kids than they are everybody else, making it miserable for the kid, which is how my dad was. Um, or, or they do what, what many believe Doc Rivers did with Austin Rivers. And it's not that he let him walk all over him, but remember, Doc Rivers wasn't around for a lot of Austin Rivers' childhood. He'd pop in at a game or two here or there, but he's a head coach in Orlando. He was broadcasting. He came straight from broadcasting to being a head coach. He, had ne- he was never an assistant coach. He was broadcasting, then he was the head coach of the Orlando Magic. Then they got off to a bad start with the Orlando Magic. He got fired. He went back to broadcasting. Then he went to the Boston Celtics. Meanwhile, Austin and the family were still in Orlando, and he would fly back at the drop of a hat. But it's different. Even if you'd fly back all the time, if you're coaching in the NBA, it's not like you're a present father. And so whether it's the guilt of that or the reality of him being his son or just the idea that because he's his son, he, saw, he sees him as something that others do not, my dad famously told Rick Majerus that I was a better pastor than John Stockton. Rick Majerus told him, Bob, don't ever say that aloud again. That's how dads think. And so whether it was the breaking point of the fact that Austin just struggled at times, especially when CP3 was back, or whether or not he, he wasn't included in the potential trade for Carmelo Anthony, a friend of CP3 last year, or just the idea of, are you kidding me? He gave a bunch of money to your son who's just okay. And oh yeah, by the way, like Austin is not like Doc in terms of being a beloved personality. He's just not. Ask the guys at Duke. Whatever the case, the old adage in coaching is, you coach your son, only three things, only two things can happen. Get divorced or get fired. And so the Clippers appeared to have run their course, and now Chris Paul is with the Houston Rockets, and he has his Larry Bird rights with him, with him, which is fascinating 
because even though he'll lose some money this year, he'll make it back in taxes, and he still has the opportunity to sign that ridiculous $205 million deal next year, which will be a terrible deal at the back end of it. And Daryl Morey, as we told you a week ago, when Daryl Morey says, I'm going after a big fish, he usually reels something in. He may not get the biggest fish, but he got real something in. And right now he got a really big one. The problem becomes this, that even though Maury likes to put together teams on a spreadsheet, and even though he is an absolute genius with the numbers, we saw the difference in numbers and how they work in the regular season, what happens in the postseason. But here's the other part of it. James Harden dominates the basketball. Would he come off it because of Chris Paul? Sure. Chris Paul dominates the basketball. Would he come up off it because of James Harden? Sure. But when you've played with the ball in your hands most of your career and somebody else comes in and they've played with the ball in their hands most of their career, it works some with the Golden State Warriors, but the Warriors are a team that is built on ball movement. Durant still will overhandle the ball. He'll still go iso. And and look, Steph Curry will isolate and go one-on-one. But the idea that this is a locked-up cinch and will work, I mean, really, they got rid of their starting other guard and the backup energizer off the bench in Lou Williams. That's part of what made Houston Houston. And so better top-end talent. And whether or not Daryl Morey believes this will actually make them better, it will definitely make them more interesting and now makes them players in the Paul George market or in other potential markets for free agents. People are saying, Carmelo Anthony, I don't, I just don't see it with how bad it went with Mike D'Antoni. Like, look, Mike D'Antoni is an offensive genius. He is an offensive genius. But he believes that players are two types of players, ball movers and ball stoppers, and Carmelo Anthony is seen as the biggest ball stopper. Uh, t- tonight, today we react to the fact that the, that the Clippers are dead and the Spurs are going to have to go super young, right? Because Chris Paul had some desires to possibly go to the Spurs and they didn't want to make that move, right? They probably could have traded DeJounte Murray and some of their younger players as the Clippers are pressing restart. But they didn't. And so now the, you'd have to put the Rockets, even if it doesn't work, even if it's not smooth, even if they're not better, they'll be better in the playoffs with those two as opposed to with just James Harden dominating the basketball like they were last year. And you kind of feel like Houston, if you're Paul George, why not take a one-year shot? Chris Paul's got one year to make it, to do it as well. So I don't love it in terms of fit for Houston, but I get it. And it's what Daryl Morey said would happen. They would go get somebody big. And they didn't give up a ton, although they did give up two members of their top four backcourt players in order to get him. The Clippers press restart, which means Blake Griffin can be had. He's already opted out of his contract where he lands. Now that gets interesting, too. And congratulations, you have lived through and witnessed the greatest era in the history of the L.A. Clippers. As unimpressive as their playoff runs may seem, match it up against the rest of the Clippers' history, and you may start to understand it. Hiring your son, hiring your son as, a, as an employee is a good way to get fired, is a good way to lose other, other workers, and is a good way to get divorced. Nobody learned that today like Doc Rivers. 
877-99 on Fox is the phone number. 877-99 on Fox. Welcome into the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Other big news of the day is Phil Jackson was relieved of his duties. And what's amazing about this one is, to be candid, I mean, does this mean that that James Dolan is siding with Kristaps Porzingis, is siding with Carmelo Anthony? Because if so, I got 10 years of data to show that Carmelo Anthony is not the guy we're citing. That said, I think most of us know that uh, Phil mishandled some really, really big things with the Knicks. But anybody who thinks the Knicks' lack of stability rests solely in the hands of Phil Jackson, you haven't been paying attention. They just re-upped Phil Jackson for two years, a couple, like a month ago. So the Knicks are the Knicks. We'll take you to New York upcoming next. We'll get some of your phone calls, 877-99 on Fox. Can you believe that the greatest era in the history of the Clippers is over? That's why they're the Clippers. And I think the Spurs, that's a swing and miss, as they won't be able to get demonstrably better at the point guard position. So, whew. Boy, 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 boy. Crazy stuff. All right, upcoming next, we are going to... um, We're going to take you to New York and find out um, and find out what's next for the Knicks and what what allowed that what fractured this what changed between when they picked up Phil Jackson's option and right now. So what what actually changed? Uh, That's upcoming next. But first, hey, Doug Gottlieb here. Here are some helpful car tips you might not know about if your tires get stuck in the snow. Use your floor mats for extra traction. Um, For parking garage parking, you can hang a tennis ball so it touches your windshield and you don't plow through your backyard. Finally, there's one other thing you might not know that's really helpful. True Car also helps you buy used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just buying new cars with their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly one million used cars. You'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or buy used. Here's something else you might not know. True car users can see what others paid so you know what, that you're getting a good deal before buying. And they're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with a true car certified dealer. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. That's True Car for new and True Car for used automobiles. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, yeah, crazy thing. I'm actually in Tel Aviv, Israel. Does it sound like it? I didn't feel like it sounds like it. That's funny. You don't look like you're that old, right? It's a, just a weird thing. I mean, I guess that's the trick of radio. Anyway, many thanks to uh, uh, Itmar Cohen, who's uh, set this up along with Scott Shapiro. I know that sounds like the two most Jewish people in the world, and frankly, they are. Anyway, uh, it's been 
truly awesome. We start touring the country tomorrow. Uh, I will be with you in uh, for the duration of my time uh, here in the Holy Land conducting this here radio show. And and like last year was supposed to be the free big free agent year, and next year was supposed to be the big free agent year, and this year we have Chris Paul on the move. It was crazy. And as John Ramos pointed out to me during the break, isn't it interesting that the L.A. Clippers didn't try and go John Cusack holding up a, a boombox outside of his house or, uh, you know, or sequester him somewhere in Houston and not allow him to, to be moved. Instead, he's already released a thank you statement. He's gone deuces. And we haven't even gotten to the we haven't even gotten to free agency, which is July 1st. Of course, we'll cover it across the uh, across all of our great litany of shows on Fox Sports Radio. All right. Let's figure out what's going on in New York. What happened? What uh, what, what was the straw that broke James Dolan's back and led to him firing Phil Jackson? And and what now for the Knicks? What now for Carmelo? I would guess we know what happens as they keep Christoph Porzingis. I got a guy in New York. Hey! Hey! We don't know everything, but we know people that know what you want to know. You know? What the hell he say? Sounds like you need a guy. Hey! Hey! I got a guy. Mark Berman joins us. He covers the Knicks for the New York Post. Mark, what was it? it was like a couple weeks ago, right? They were maybe a month ago. They no, maybe it was midseason. They picked up the option on Phil Jackson, mutually agreed to extend him for a couple more years. What changed? Yeah, well, it was mid February. Uh, Dolan went on the radio and said that uh, you know Phil will fulfill the final two years of his contract. Um, he would uh, enact the uh, the opt out clause. And that was mid-February, and circumstances changed. And Dolan's very, very, very stubborn. So you know that Phil basically put himself so deep in a hole that he couldn't climb out of. There was no way out. Dolan had no choice. He had alienated their two best players, their two most marketable players. And Dolan, with the triangle as a cloud on this franchise entering free agency, Dylan couldn't really see a reason to keep going with this. Uh, he's willing to eat $24 million, realizing that, uh, listen, they were the butt of the jokes on NBA uh, awards night with Drake joking that, you know, New York is the city that never sleeps because everyone's afraid they're going to get traded. So the Carmelo Przingis lifts uh, was the straw that broke, finally broke the camel's back. Um, oh, let's let's start with the, the Przingis thing. Um, how much of it was a lack of relationship with Przingis, and how much of it was that Przingis feeling anger towards Carmelo Anthony? Like, wasn't wasn't that really the source of his discontent? Was that that Carmelo? was left hanging, and that was Phil Jackson's strategy to make it apparently so miserable that he would want to be bought out or want to, uh, or want to be traded, and that ended up uh, turning off Christoph Przingis more so than anything that they did to Christoph Przingis. Yeah, that's one very good theory that the Przingis camp is trying to deny, but I've always felt that Carmelo almost put Christoph's up to blowing off that exit meeting 
or suggested it. But listen, Przingis's brother Janice, who's a inexperienced agent, he ultimately advised Kristaps to not go to the exit meeting. And then we thought they would still meet in the in days later, but Kristaps was on a plane a week later. Still was stubborn enough not to make a larger attempt to talk to Kristaps and bring him to Tarrytown. Uh, but yeah. Without a doubt that Kristaps was upset how Carmelo was treated. But I think in the long run, Kristaps could have understood, like, moving on, uh, getting some pawns for Carmelo. Kristaps kind of feels he's ready to be the number one guy. But without a doubt, the the two of them were close. Kristaps has called Carmelo his mentor. Now they're going to probably be back as a, as a duo next season. I, I think the whole thing is, look, did Philly do a good job? The answer is not really, okay? but he did draft Porzingis. I think the, the worst thing that he did in his tenure was give the no-trade clause to Carmelo. If not for that, none of this, none of this would have happened yeah. uh, because, like, look, Melo's not a winning player. Other teams in the NBA know. Like, could you add him to a bunch of other winning players? Yes, but you can't make him a franchise player anymore. Um, and, and he, he poisons the well and, and yet James Dolan, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think he watched the NBA awards and that was, that was really what turned him off because he's, he's allowed the, and, and t- you tell me if I'm wrong, Mark, cause you live and you've covered this thing for a long time. Isn't this kind of disconnecting himself from the actual day to day? Isn't that what he did with the Rangers and they have a lot of success. And so he kind of tried to do that with the Knicks and by re-upping Phil Jackson, he was like, you know what? I'm just going to disconnect. And if this guy fixes it, he fixes it. If not, he sinks it. That's fine. We give him a couple. The only thing that possibly could have changed was this Porzingis thing, which is ri- just a ridiculous strategy from his brother, who's a former player and inexperienced as an agent. Like, you don't do these things. And then, and then the reaction the NBA, uh, the NBA awards. That's the only thing that could have happened. Yeah, well, Dolan distanced himself. He tried to. And until it became such a mess that he had to step in and ask Phil, I don't understand what our future is right now. We got Perzingis disgruntled and a free agent in two years and Carmelo, we can't trade. And, you know, Phil ultimately thought maybe we could buy him out and stretch his contract in that stretch position, open up some cap space. But that means he's on the books for five years. Dolan didn't like that idea at all. But, yeah, I mean, Dolan, the greatest thing that Jackson provided for Dolan was he kept the heat off the owner, and no one was blaming Dolan. They were blaming Phil. But ultimately, that just wasn't enough to keep going, going into July 1st free agency. But, yeah, the, the Przingis issue, if it was just one, if it was either just Carmelo or just Przingis, Maybe Dolan would have been able to handle it, but the combination was just overwhelming. No, no question. And uh, and then the, you know, the Derek Fisher hiring and Derek Fisher firing, and then uh, trying to manipulate and get uh, Jeff Hornacek to run a tri- the triangle an offense he wasn't familiar yeah. with the, the players, and then getting Derek Rose and Derek Rose saying he didn't even know the triangle, and uh, and that they were better in transition. There just there was just so much there. The crazy thing is that that Dolan, the biggest news the Knicks made all year was Dolan getting into it with Charles Oakley. Yeah. 
And that, that made the entire organization look foolish. And people have forgotten that because of this Porzingis thing and, and the Carmelo thing. All right, last thing, Mark. Uh, but to the best of your determination, Carmelo's back or do they buy him out or trade him? Well, Phil tried to trade him, and Carmelo was insistent that he was going to invoke his no-trade clause, but there weren't really any offers that made sense. And Carmelo's going through a personal crisis, so he's got the no-trade clause in Phil's defense. Uh, The no-trade clause he agreed to was because he never in his wildest dreams would think Carmelo would still want to be a Nick if the club was still losing. He thought they both mutually agree, all right, we're going to rebuild now and you can move on to a winner. And he didn't realize this would be such an issue. But, yeah, Carmelo's probably back. You know, if they do hire the Raptors GM, Masai Ujiri, he had him in Denver. They had a pretty good relationship, even though he eventually had to trade him. But he's 33 years old, sounds old. He's only four months older than LeBron James. He's working his butt off this offseason. I think the new regime is going to try to keep Przingis and Carmelo together for another season. All right, another season. Mark Berman covering the always entertaining New York Knicks for the New York Post. Mark, thanks so much for being our guy in New York City. All right, thanks so much. I appreciate you having me on. So you needed a guy? I'm a point guard. We got you a guy. All right, we got guys all over the country. We'll take it to Houston in a moment. Look, there's something in business called the Peter Principle, and I think that's really what's, what's in effect here with, with Phil Jackson. Right. Speeder principle. Peter principle is when you're advanced beyond the level of your aptitude. Right. When you're and, and like Phil Jackson was a great coach. What's crazy about Phil Jackson is. People will all say, well, Phil Jackson was only a great coach because he had great players. This is true. OK. First of all, name me the great coach who didn't have great players. They, they just especially in basketball, it didn't exist. Like Steve Kerr is a great coach, but, you know, it's a lot better to coach the Golden State Warriors than it would have been. You know, would he be viewed as a great coach if he was coaching the Knicks? Remember, he nearly took that job. But the, the, the Peter principle is in such effect here because Phil was renowned for his ability to handle superstar players. And he wasn't it wasn't always with kid gloves. I mean, perfect example is Kobe Bryant. Like he, he wasn't soft towards Kobe or towards Shaq. There were times in which he let them get away with things that others couldn't get away with. There were times in which he didn't. And then we'd write things about them in his book. And, you know, Kobe didn't want to work for him anymore. And then he's like, you know what? Not, an old guy's not that bad. He's world-renowned for his ability to deal with super-talented basketball players. But as a coach, what led to his ouster? His inability to do the exact same thing in a management position. Why? Because he's never been a manager. He was advanced beyond the level of his aptitude, which in business is known as the Peter Principle. Take it to Houston and find out what's next for the Rockets and if they're going to um, propose the league that they play with two basketballs next year. That after we find out what's trending. It takes more than a roof to make sure your home is covered. Farmers Insurance has over 89 years of knowledge and experience so you can protect what's important to you. Learn more at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on Fox Sports Radio. Hold on, wait for it. Wait for it. Jonathan Fagan from the Eastern Chronicle can wait for it. Hold on. Hold on. Crank that up, would you, Ramos? Yeah. Here we go. Come on.
All right, we got to get back to work. A little rage for you on a, uh, it is Wednesday, right? I have no idea what day it is or what time it is. Yes, it's, it's Wednesday. It's soon to become Thursday where I'm broadcasting from. It's, it's, a, it's absolute craziness. Speaking of craziness, Chris Paul is a Houston rocket. I mean, let me, like, if you just, I mean, you just like, uh, uh, wait, what? Excuse me? Chris Paul is a Houston rocket. Okay. Well, one more time. Chris Paul is a Houston Rocket. That was not one you saw coming. At least I didn't see it coming. I, and, and look, and Daryl Morey, he like told us, you know, hey, look, we, we want free agents. There's a bunch of guys out there. We want, we're going after them. You're like, wow, Chris Paul, why would he do that? And James Harden was the point guard last year. Let's catch up with Jonathan Fagan, who covers the team for the Houston Chronicle. Um, did you see this coming? I did not see a trade coming, particularly before July 1st. Uh, no big surprise that the Rockets were going to go after Chris Paul. And it's really not a great shock that he was interested in the Rockets that, or others. I thought the Spurs as well. But, you know, we really felt like the Rockets had a great chance to get a, a real good swing when free agency began. Doing it this way is much better for them. But then it is good for him in one way, too. But I did not see a trade, especially a trade – if you want to, you can even call it uh, like a 17 trade because of all the little bitty contracts the Rockets have put together to make this work now rather than next week. Okay, so um, the Rockets are left with what in terms of cap room or, or possible flexibility to make an additional move? Well, they have flexibility. They don't want cap room because they couldn't have enough. What they had to do was to get enough contracts together so it's a trade of uh, of corresponding contracts, then they can go into free agency operating as an above-the-cap team, and then they have their $8.4 million exception to work with, which these days, a mid-level exception is pretty good money. Uh, a lot of guys to play with Harden and Chris Paul will be interested in that $8.4 million. and then if they can really swing for the fences again and try to hit uh, – if to beat the metaphor to death, hit back-to-back home runs, they could even maybe try and use the Ryan Anderson contract to see if they can get involved in another heavy hitter. Uh, obviously, Paul George being the most obvious name, but, you know, at this stage with everything happening in New York, you can't rule out Carmelo Anthony as somebody they'd look at as well. Is there anybody else they would move? Like, a, like would they move Eric Gordon? No, I don't think they want they really don't want to they they like part of the reason for chris paul is they didn't want james harden carrying that same load as last year even though he wouldn't carry the same load with chris paul at the point they want those three guys rotating especially since they just traded two guards at beverly and lou williams nah they don't want to move him um okay so how's it going to work with chris paul who's a dominant ball handler and james harden who's a dominant ball handler well chris paul is the point guard that that happens first uh you know james harden has spent his whole life as a two guard and he's happy to do that a point he's made very clear to chris paul you know you take him off the ball but they really like what that can do because now you run that high screen and roll if he gets the ball to harden Harden now can create on the wing where he likes to create and did as a, as a two without double teams loading up on him because you're still over there. Both guys can play off the ball or on the ball. The Rockets have had a real lack of facilitators. They always had the one, Harden. 
but they really didn't have another. So what happened in the playoffs, teams, Oklahoma City and San Antonio, would contest real hard and say, okay, now you go facilitate. The ball's out of James Harden's hands. We're closing out on the threes. Create offense off the dribble, Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson. It wasn't happening. Now you get Chris Paul or James Harden attacking a closeout, and they're creating all over the place. I had one guy with the organization say today, Clint Capella's going to lead the team in scoring next year. With all the lobs he's going to get from Chris Paul and James Harden, that's how. Well, whoever handles the ball first, the next guy is attacking a defense that couldn't just sit there and swarm him, as the Spurs did this year and the Warriors did the previous two years. Should be fascinating. Um, Jonathan Fagan covering the uh, Houston Rockets. Uh, There's been some talk of Carmelo Anthony, maybe if he was bought out. I I think the buyout is not likely with the change to the Knicks, but also isn't it wildly unlikely because uh, Mike D'Antoni didn't like coaching him in New York? It is not. Uh, I would have thought that as well. And I've been talking to some folks that say absolutely not. You know, for what maybe because D'Antoni seems to like everybody, but you know, nothing against Carmelo. A lot of people like Carmelo, but whatever issues they had, are the Rockets have no qualms about reuniting them. Now, it would need some big things. He would have to be a four, and not just because Trevor Reza, because you don't say, well, Carmelo can't get on the court because you got Trevor Reza. Trevor's very good at what he does as a three and D small forward, but that's what would work at this stage best for Carmelo. And I know I'm fairly confident that's how Mike D'Antoni thinks of him. Would he want that? Does he want to be a four, a regular four, you know, most of his minutes there? That would be something that they'd have to find out if it, if it came to that. But as far as D'Antoni's concerned, he absolutely would – if he could get him to do that, that's what he always saw in him. So, I, no, that would not be a roadblock. Jonathan Fagan from the Houston Chronicle. Jonathan, thanks so much for being our guy in Houston. No, it's always a pleasure, Doug. I got a guy. All right, uh, that's our guy in uh, in Houston. As uh, we will late, what, later on, what is it, um, music? We're going next hour. Next hour we're going to L.A. That's Talk correct. Check in on the Clippers. All right, so... Um, Ramos brought up a good point. Another good point, Ramos. Great point, Ramos. Thank Ramos you, Doug. On fire. He's on fire. <laughs> today. He, he found an audio issue that we didn't know existed before. knew knew existed before the show. Then he's sitting there going like, "Well, if they hadn't gone and gotten DeAndre Jordan, he went butterfly effect on us." Did you hear him go butterfly effect on us, music? That's what Ramos does. Do he you be- guys know what the butterfly effect is? I do. Yes. Ramos? You do? Okay, so why don't you tell us? Well, it's that there's one small event that creates a larger ripple, effe- ripple effect Correct. in future Correct. events. Yes. yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. So what Ramos said was, had they not gone and gotten DeAndre Jordan back, and Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan don't get along. That's Again, this is from John Ramos. He has his own. He's got his own podcast. Uh, he's part of the management team. He sits in on big meetings that I'm not even invited to. Ramos said, no, they, don't look, they don't get along. Forget the State Farm commercials. If they hadn't done that, Chris Paul would still be a Clipper, correct? That's the theory. Like, they went and got – they all well, they all ran over there to, to uh, what, Dallas to get DeAndre Jordan, and then they forgot about Chris Paul and what he wanted. That was my favorite. That was my favorite part. My favorite part. Um, I, I want to get in on Christos Przingis. I'll do so next hour on why he looks like a clown to me, and I like him, but he looks like a young 
Clown. Clown. Uh, we'll get to that. But upcoming next, we'll take a look in my sack. We, I, I'm told there's a new game. In my, somebody got a new game while I was out of town. And, of course, which means I got to answer some all kinds of questions like, uh, what lasted longer, Phil Jackson with the Knicks or Lane Kiffin with USC? Ooh. Ooh. Find out next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. But True Car can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Yeah. And up. All right. So, um, like, look, there's there's a couple of things that Perzingis has done, which, if not for the fact that people like him, like we actually looked at him, any other person did it, you would clown that guy. You would clown that guy. But instead, instead, Perzingis kind of uh, escapes the fray and remains in New York, and Phil Jackson is ousted. We'll get to that at the top of the hour. But first, I w- I've, I've been told that since I'm away, there's a new game in my sack. Let's reach into Godlieb's sack. <laughs> it creeps me out every time. Really does creep me out every time. Dan Beyer, what's uh, what's in there? Just one thing in this sack, and it's a Ryan Music production. It is what was longer. What was longer is Hey-o! today's game. This won't be as confusing as them introducing oh, right. new games on Ryan, the. Why does Ryan Music want to know what was longer? That's uh, that's what's Ryan or what well, Ryan in, wants. In, oh, in duration, in duration. What was longer? In duration. Go ahead. I do want to add, this won't be as confusing as new prices right games, by the way. When they try to introduce new games and the contestants have no idea what's going on, this will I be much easier. Yes, that's all it is. That is <laughs> that's all it is now. Okay, what was longer? Phil Jackson's tenure as president of basketball operations with the Knicks or the various scenarios I will give you, Doug, okay? So what was longer? Jackson's tenure as the president of the Knicks or Mike D'Antoni's tenure as the head coach of the Knicks? I'm going to go with Jackson was longer than Mike D'Antoni. Uh, duration. Duration, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no dice. No dice there. That would be Mike D'Antoni actually spent three full seasons, resigned partway into his fourth to get technical 46 months on the job for D'Antoni, just 40 months for Phil Jackson. Okay, what was longer, Phil Jackson's tenure as president of the Knicks or Lane Kiffin's tenure as the head coach at USC? Lane Kiffin. I think Lane was there five years. Yeah, lock it up. You're making the cash. Lane Kiffin, three seasons and then fired five games into his fourth season. And if you want to go months, uh, about three months longer than Phil Jackson spent on the job as the president of the new york knicks all right that how about some longer than phil jackson that yeah just thing. barely how about that rex it ryan cold. it was in the water what? <laughs> there's there's shrinkage rex ryan's tenure as the bills head coach or phil jackson's tenure as knicks president what was longer rex ryan lasted three years uh or maybe two years uh, three years i think i'm gonna go phil jackson 
Yeah, cash money for Doug. Rex Ryan actually only coached two full seasons with the Buffalo yeah. Bills. Phil's got, got him by at least year. a year, yes. Longer tenure. Um, he had one with the New York Jets that would have been longer. But we were looking for the Bills, and Doug is now two for three. Ooh, how about this one? Love comes into play. What lasted longer? Phil Jackson's tenure with the New York Knicks or Lamar Odom and Khloe Kardashian's marriage? I don't know when they got married, but I'm going to go Lamar and Chloe. Cash money, Doug. You're raking it in. Remember, there was a time, I too do think, that they didn't get divorced right away. Remember, it was like they were still married and there may have been other things. Anyway, Phil, we know, lasted 40 months, four years for Chloe and Lamar in that marriage. That one ended um, really interesting fashion. That's that's for sure. Always had that. Still, uh, still, always had that love for Chloe even afterwards. Um, how about this? Let's uh, jump back to the NFL. What was longer, Doug? Phil Jackson's tenure as the president of the Knicks, or Joe Montana's tenure as the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs? Wow, how long? Going back in the time man. machine a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go. I'll go, Joe Montana. Ah, just oh. two seasons for Joe Montana in Kansas City. However, Phil Jackson, yes, has got him beaten out by a little over a year. It did seem longer that Joe Montana was a member of the Chiefs, took him to the playoffs. Um, how about this? Tom Brady's career at Michigan. What was longer, his career at Michigan or Phil Jackson's tenure as president of the New York Knicks? Oh, his career at Michigan was four years. Yeah. Simple as that. Doug, you're on a roll. I think uh, four out of six right now we've got so far. Four years. Yes, you were right. Nothing to add to that. The final one. Okay, you ready? This is this is for all the marbles. Doug, do you want to push in and go all in, or do you want to stay? Okay, that's the question. You can stay and I'm keep in. all your money. I'm yeah, in. of course you're in. going all in. Here it is. The topic is love. What was longer, Phil Jackson's tenure as president of basketball operations with the Knicks? Or the marriage of Nick Cannon and Mariah Carey. Okay, here it is for all of the marbles. What was longer, Doug? Uh, I think it was, I mean, Nick Cannon and Mariah Carey, they had twins. I'm going to say they lasted like five or six years. I'm going with Nick Cannon. Yes, yes, yes. Listen to all the cash. Oh, man, racking it up. Eight years of marriage, Doug. You nailed that one. Mariah Carey and Nick. I can't believe it was eight years. That's like two Olympics that they uh, they were able to get through. Phil Jackson, just 40 months on the job. And that was the debut of the new game, What Was Longer? Ooh, it's sweeping the nation. was Scott Lieb's sack. <laughs> Nick Cannon with uh, hosting America's Got Talent, uh, apparently everywhere except for hosting shows. Um, like he's, he's one of those guys. Like he seems like a delightful guy. And, uh, but I, I don't, he gets a lot of gigs, man. A lot of gigs. He's one of those must have a great agent guy. Must have a great agent. That's, that's, uh, that's how I look at that. Kristaps Porzingis remains in New York. He wants to be the man, but it's almost as if the Knicks have not been paying attention at all to Kristaps Porzingis himself. Cause if it was anybody else, we would clown him. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. Phil is out. Peter Principal in full effect. Chris Paul is a Houston Rocket. And why Christoph Przingis is not ready for Broadway. Next. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Have you, uh, what is it? Um, to who much is given, more is expected, right? 
There's also heavy is the head that wears the crown. That's that's Shakespeare. It's actually been changed to to be that expression. It's not what the technical wording was. Doug Gottlieb Show, uh, Fox Sports Radio. You're following us on the iHeart app. First two hours, as you know, on Sirius XM, Channel 83. If you want to listen to the third hour, it's not embargoed. It's not like we do it in the darkness. All our Fox Sports Radio affiliates pick it up. XM Sirius do not. They get speak for yourself. Uh, you can hear us on the iHeart app. I actually got just a text from a friend listening on the iHeart app. You sound great. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So much to get to today. Most of it revolves around the NBA. And the focus in New York is on not just the Knicks, but the firing of Phil Jackson. Uh, this was, it, it's got to be uh, awkward stuff here from, uh, from a coach in Jeff Hornacek who got an opportunity from Phil Jackson. On the other hand, Phil Jackson wanted him to run his offense, not the offense that, you know, the coach wanted to actually run. Here's Jeff Hornacek on the firing of Phil Jackson. I just want to thank Phil for giving me the opportunity here in New York. I wish Phil the best uh, from this point on, and you know, it's a tough day for us. But our, you know, our, really our focus is to uh, get this team better, continue to build our young players, and figure out a way to win. So uh, you know, we have a lot of time before the regular season, and we'll figure that out. To anybody who says that Phil Jackson ruined the New York Knicks, they haven't looked at the New York Knicks since 2001. Since 2001, they've only won more than 40 games twice. Two times. That's it. So by my math, that's 16 years. Only two times have they finished above 500. They did actually have a third time above 500 during the uh, lockout shortened season. They were 36 and 30. The best the best season they had with Carmelo Anthony was four years ago. Four years ago, when they finished 54-28, and 28, they got the Eastern Conference semis. Mike Woodson was their coach. The following year, the roof fell in. Jason Kidd got old, remember, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Then he went to coach the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets the very next year. And the roof completely fell in. They went from 54 to 37 wins. They fired the GM. They fired the coach. They hired Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson hired Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher made it to a second year after a 16-win first year in which they were dumping games. They drafted Christos Porzingis. They end up with Jeff Hornacek. And the rest, as they say, is history. Now, look, Phil made a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. You know, he wasn't always around. It's weird right now how... You know, there was a long time when the Laker, Laker fans wanted Phil to come back to be their coach in the last couple of years uh, with Kobe Bryant. And Phil Jackson was mad that he wasn't asked to be the head coach. Remember when he was dating Jeannie Buss? Phil Jackson was mad. But you got to credit Mitch Kupchak, who knew that Phil Jackson no longer had the work ethic anymore. It took to be great at his job of coaching. The famous story goes that when he called up Phil Jackson to ask if he'd be interested in coming, what his level of interest would be in coming back to the Lakers, Phil asked about the possibility of coaching the team in only home games because of health. Yeah, I don't know. I like that job. But what if I just show up on Mondays and Tuesdays? Is that okay? Like, can you imagine if, like, for the record, I haven't made it to the level that Phil Jackson has made it. But can you imagine if I was Phil Jackson, I came to Fox Sports Radio as I did a couple months ago, then going on, even going on a trip to Israel, I was like, you know, I'm just going to take a month off. You're never going to hear. I'm actually broadcasting live in, uh, what time is it? 
It is after 11 at night in Tel Aviv, Israel. We'll broadcast till 1 in the morning here. Because you have a job to do, you do the job. And Phil never had the work ethic in trying to return to the NBA, and he thought he could get away being by coastal and just hanging out and hiring some of his guys. Look, there are things that worked against him. The change of basketball to which everybody uses a pick and roll, a ball screen, if you will. He doesn't have those in the triangle. The devaluation of the mid-range game, which is one of the things that you create space for in the triangle. And the elevation of the importance of the point guard position or lead guard position because of all these ball screens. You don't have that in the triangle. There was some good, some bad to it. The thought was you might not have to overpay for a lead guard the way that other people would because you weren't putting the ball in their hands. On the other hand, all of the really good guards play with the ball in their hand and you can't in the triangle. But his biggest success was drafting Christos Porzingis and that ended up coming back to bite him. I mean, think about this. If, if Porzingis was anybody else, we would be crushing him over liking tweets that were negative towards Phil Jackson. If Porzingis was anybody else, we would be clowning him because his brother, who's a former European player, is in fact his agent. His brother, like, couldn't make a team or didn't want to make a team and just coached him once he reached his mid-20s and, like, mentored him, and now he's his agent. He doesn't have a real agent. He's liking things on Twitter that he doesn't need to be liking. And as talented as he is, he is super talented. One, he can't guard a soul. And two, he can't be blowing off meetings. Exit meetings especially. That's because to who much is given, more is expected, and heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? If you want to be a superstar, you got to act like it. And none of the rest of the superstars in the NBA have their brother as an agent. They have a real agent. None of those guys are missing exit meetings, no matter how bad the season goes. Carmelo Anthony... They wanted to trade Carmelo Anthony everywhere. They treated him very poor. They tried to make his, 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 the environment he lived in awful. And even Carmelo Anthony showed up for the exit meeting. If this was anybody else, he would get crushed by the media. But because he's seven foot whatever, seven foot twelve. Because he's talented, he makes highlight plays. Because Phil Jackson called him a unicorn, that's become his nickname. We totally lose sight of so many of the clownish things he does. Get off social media and get in the gym. By the way, he tweeted a picture of him out today. Himself out. So, and I told you before that, that this is one of those classic assumptions that people make. That Phil Jackson, who... Took over teams, most of them ready-made, but did an incredible job motivating star players. And I don't think it's that the game passed him by or players changed. I just think, I just think this was a volatile mix. That Carmelo Anthony has killed many a coach, many a general manager, and this is just one more notch on his belt. That's it. Yes, music. Is that it for Phil Jackson? I mean, that has to be the final act, right? No question. What's interesting is he gets $24 million to not coach, not manage, not do anything. And, you know, they paid Larry Brown $25 million to walk away. It's crazy the money that they have given away to people who aren't going to coach them anymore. But, yes, Phil Jackson, I would say, uh, he's not even going to be actively retired. He's just going to retire. And 
part of what we were talking about with LeBron James over these past couple of weeks with whether or not he's going to stay in Cleveland long term, we sort of wrote the Knicks off given that Phil Jackson was there, the whole posse comments. Any life to that now that Phil Jackson's out of the question? Probably depends on who they hire. Uh, it makes it a possibility. I, I don't see why it's not a possibility. Not a probability, but a possibility. I mean, if you can find a way to create cap room for LeBron and Dwayne Wade, and you can hire the right coach who those guys want to play for, why couldn't you? I don't think, I don't think it's crazy to think that this opens up the, the possibility. Because LeBron, and it was reiterated today, something Broussard told us last week, LeBron is not going to the Clippers. So now it's Lakers or bust, but what if the Lakers don't work? You need another option, and that team becomes that other option. I know the Knicks, as I pointed out, have only won more than 40 games two times since 2001. That is, that is incredible, incredible ineptitude. That's, that's, the, only, that's the only way to, to, uh, to, to say that. Okay? But it's still the Knicks. And if you remember, the last time they were hot was Jeremy Lin, and they were the biggest thing in the NBA. And it wasn't because Lin was that good. He was a great story, and he was in a great city playing for a great team. So, yeah, I, I think that becomes a possibility. Not a likelihood. Not a likelihood. And, and do a you think that with this whole Carmelo situation and getting bought out, or is he going to get traded? Is any of that going to get handled before they get a new GM? Like, is that something that Dolan would take upon himself and go, all right, we owe you 40 something million. I'll just give you 28 or whatever the numbers. I end don't up think being. so. That, that I don't sounds think like, so, but I think they got to add quickly. I think they got to act quickly. Right. It sounds like that's something that you need to sort of get a GM first before you handle those type of negotiations, unless you're trying to just wipe the slate well, clean. So that well, way Steve you can... Mills is Steve Mills is going to handle until then. Steve Mills is uh, kind of consigliere to Phil Jackson. So they do have some people in the organization. But yes, you want a new GM to be able to make that sort of huge huge trade. We're going to take it to LA where the Clippers are officially done. Now what? Now what? What happens with Blake Griffin? What happens with DeAndre Jordan? And was this all because nobody likes Austin Rivers, including Chris Paul? Find out, find out that next. But first, your life is never going to taste the same. That's because I'm going to help you become the king of flavor, the maestro of any outdoor cookout. You're going to be a pizza meister for your neighborhood. You'll be the CEO of Slow and Low, and you're going to amaze with steaks seared at 750 degrees. That's because you're going to buy something I have. It's called the Big Green Egg. Go to BigGreenEgg.com to find, uh, find an authorized dealer near you. Uh, the Big Green Egg, the ultimate cooking experience. The versatility of the BGE is unmatched as a grill, as a smoker, or even as an outdoor oven. You can sear steaks at 800 degrees, slow smoke a perfect slab of ribs, or even a crispy uh, crispy pizza, cobbler, or pie. You can grill, cook low and slow, bake, smoke, roast. You can broil it, baste it, or saute it. No, wait, that's bubble gum shrimp. You have amazing results. From apps to entrees, the egg will exceed all expectations. Simply go to biggreenegg.com. That's biggreenegg.com to find an authorized dealer near you. 
With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We appreciate you listening to the iHeart app. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Gottlieb Show, at Gottlieb Show. Man, there's just so many things that are going on, but these 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 two stories seem to trump everything. They really do. And they're both NBA stories. The first is Phil Jackson being ousted. The second is Chris Paul is a Houston Rocket. For more, let's uh, let's figure out what now with the L.A. Clippers, as we got a guy in L.A. I got a guy. Bill Oram covers the Clippers for the Southern California News Group. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, Bill, what was what was your reaction when you heard the news? Uh, shock, and I probably should put down my baby and and change his diaper, and then and then figure out what the heck just happened. It was um, a wild morning. Obviously, I don't think anyone saw this playing out this way. I mean, there was always the possibility that that Chris Paul was going to do something in free agency. Uh, we, he was expected to opt out of his contract. Uh, take meetings, San Antonio, Houston, uh, we're all expected to be in the mix. But to get something done in this fashion before July 1st, I think caught everyone by surprise. And then just the fact that this is a guy who really could have had everything tailored to him with the Clippers. Um, the Clippers, I think, were prepared to build everything around him for the remainder of, of his career. And 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 off he goes. So it, it, it's a game changer for the Clippers and obviously affects the power balance in the Western Conference. All right, so now what with the Clippers? Well, they turned uh, full attention on on Blake Griffin. I, I think most people felt like the, the priority order coming into the summer was Chris Paul, then Blake Griffin. And if Blake decided to go somewhere else, um, you had some options with Chris and players would want to play with Chris Paul. Uh, that's obviously gone. So now they're all in on Blake Griffin and they want him back. They'll deal with the, 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 the what's the word, um, the, the blog jam with he and DeAndre Jordan uh, down the road, that's a that's the pairing they probably wanted to resolve most this summer. Uh, they're still looking to resolve that. But Blake Griffin as a talent, as a 28-year-old who um, has a lot of years left, despite some pretty scary injury history, uh, they're going to make a pretty strong pitch to keep him in a Lakers uni- or excuse me, a Clippers uniform and then uh, try to add some pieces around him in 2018. What if Blake says no? <laughs> it's really down to the studs at that point, isn't it? Um, I, I think all bets are off at that point. You know, they still aren't going to have an incredible amount of cap space for this summer. Uh, they could trade DeAndre Jordan. They could do a year of DeAndre Jordan and Pat Beverly on billboards and try again in 2018. But at some point, if, if they go down to literally nothing but DeAndre Jordan, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him selling pieces off for draft picks and, and, and starting over from scratch. And that invites a whole bunch of questions about Doc Rivers and his future with the team. The last time a team he was with went the rebuilding route, he, he bailed. Uh, there's a lot of, of thought that he would not be up for that, even with the Clippers. So um, it, it could really throw the Clippers into chaos just with this one, this one six foot one point guard making a decision to move to Texas. Um, I have said that Juwan Evans, their first round, uh, second round pick, is the next Chris Paul. But uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> this year. Uh, they went and got they went and got Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. Is is that their backcourt next year? That's a good question. I, I think we need to let July play out and see how, see what else they do. I mean, J.J. Redick, I think we've known since the end of 
well, probably since the middle of the season that he's gone this year. Uh, Clippers aren't interested in bringing him back, and I, I believe that's mutual. Um, but, I mean, maybe. I, and, you know, Jamal Crawford's in the mix. Uh, you know, they have a pretty potent scoring one-two punch in Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams, just not sure that the team's going to be good enough for it to matter, kind of like when Lou Williams was, was with the Lakers and they had he and Nick Young uh, on the bench together. But, I, I mean, it could be that Pat Beverly, Lou Williams is your starting backcourt, or Jamal Crawford, or um, depending on how Cinderius Thornwell from South Carolina looks, or Austin Rivers. I mean, but, I mean, regardless, it's nothing even close to what they had with Chris Paul and J.J. Redick. I mean, Redick obviously was a liability defensively, struggled with bigger guards, but still one of the premier shooters in the league. Um, the Clippers are, are headed for a significant downgrade, no matter how you look at this. This is not going to be a team that is, is going to have be able to confidently boast the same championship aspirations they have each of the last several seasons with, with a true big three in, in Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin. So why not sign and trade Blake Griffin? I, I, I think that for them at some point, they need something to build around. And depending on what they could get back for Blake Griffin, uh, it's something they would potentially explore. But everything I've heard is that they are intent on keeping Blake Griffin in a Clippers uniform. I think, I think the sign and trade for Blake Griffin made sense to bring somebody in to be the third piece with Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan to balance out that roster to see what kind what kind of you know, three man you could bring in um, with with that roster. But at this point, I think the Clippers obviously have a lot more belief in Blake Griffin long term than DeAndre Jordan, who's fairly one dimensional. Um, they don't want to go completely bare bare cupboards here. So I think if if they if they feel like they're going to lose Blake Griffin, they might explore that. But otherwise, they want him back. Uh, last thing, how much of this uh, of of Chris Paul leaving has to do with his frustrations over uh, playing for Doc while Doc is coaching his son? Uh, you know, I, I've read the same things you have, Doug, and that's that's sort of always been something that has has been in the air in the Clippers locker room that there has been uh, tension among many players and and Doc Rivers over that and. And I think that, that that absolutely is a factor that cannot be discounted. And when you look at the fact that um, players did feel like Austin Rivers got preferential treatment, that his hesitance to make a deal with um, New York had to do with his son um, not wanting to trade his son. And if that was at the expense of making the team better, then that was a real issue. Interesting stuff. Bill Orem from the Southern California News Group covering the L.A. Clippers, the new look L.A. Clippers, which is not nearly as good a look as the old look L.A. Clippers. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure, Doug. I got a guy. Uh, in L.A. Crazy, huh? You know, it's um, we talked about this. I think Chris Broussard talked about it last week where he said, hey, look, um, LeBron James is never going to the Clippers. Bill Simmons was on with Colin Cowherd last week, and Bill said they missed their window. And the window was the Lakers were down. The Lakers were dysfunctional. Their management was was a complete mess. There was infighting in the family in terms of ownership. Um, they had, you know, Byron Scott was not the right coach for young guys, and they had young guys they had to develop, and they weren't particularly good. And meanwhile, they had Kobe Bryant taking terrible shots and always being hurt. The, the point was the Lakers, Lakers have been down now for a couple of years and the Clippers have been up, but they've never been able to capitalize on it. Now, I know this full well that, you know, going you're still playing in Staples Center, which is more synonymous with the Lakers. 
They have to cover up all the championship banners and retired numbers with uh, uh, with with big signs and posters when the Clippers play there. I mean, it feels like you're at a a quasi home game, not an, the absolute home arena of the Clippers when they play where the Lakers play, and nobody really is upset with that. Like the Lakers are still the bigger show. And now with the Clippers being down, it it appears to have, have gone from from bad to worse. I mean, if you really kind of get down to it. Um, I have one interesting thought for you on kind of one lasting thought on what really happened to John McEnroe. You know what it is, music? Um, Ramos, you can figure this one. You can get this one. I, I, I figured out exactly why why McEnroe caught such wrath, especially from the female community. You know what it is? I, I have no idea. Music? No, no, no clue. Mm. All right. Well, here's here's the way I see it. Um, John McEnroe is obviously guilty of being honest, maybe honest to an absolute fault, isn't he? Yeah, I would agree so with that. Go- All right. So, um, but here's the thing. Ramos, you've been married how long? 18 years. 18 years. Has your wife ever asked you if she looks fat in those pants? Uh, she's asked me how she looks in clothes. I don't know. She never used the word fat. Do you ever say, and how do you say she looks in the in the clothes? I usually say, that looks really good on you. Yes. Does it always look really good on your? Uh, the, the pause is yeah, enough. The pause well, is enough. The, you didn't, you didn't uh, say no, but uh, the pause is enough. The pause is enough. Right? Here's the thing. I mean, you have to understand women are wired completely differently than men. Serena Williams or people, women who are making these, these, these judgments. Women can ask you if I look fat. Do I look fat in these pants? You can't say, yes, honey, you look fat. You just, you can't. It has never been done and accomplished and the man lived to tell about it or stay, stay together to tell about it. It hasn't. So when a woman asks John McEnroe, why have, you know, why, why put it into context? Why can't she be the greatest tennis player uh, in, in the world? That was, that was a woman asking John McEnroe, does Serena Williams look fat in these pants? And John McEnroe was like, yeah, you know, she kind of looks fat in these pants. You know, look, she's beautiful, but she's big boned, right? That's what she's saying. I, I tossed and turned on this all last night, guys, because I just realized exactly what happened. That McEnroe was, thought he was there to conduct an interview about his book and about his world and about the changes in his life and all that other stuff. And what he was asked was, do I look fat in these pants? And his answer was, yeah, you kind of look fat in those pants. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. The response actually, that he... Uh, <laughs> I'd say that's, that's pretty spot on when you put it that yeah. way. I know it only took me a day to develop that thought. <laughs> All right, so you're going to have an uh, in-depth reaction to a uh, Chris yes. Paul trade Friday? Yes, tomorrow I will have something <laughs> brilliant for you on the Chris Paul trade. <laughs> it's going to be super delayed, right? It's going to be super it's going to be like the Olympics where like you already know what happened and I already gave you a little bit of something, but tomorrow it's going to be a spectacular breakdown. All right, in the meantime, let's quickly catch you up on what's trending. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. (sighs) 
Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So, um, look, it, it, it appears like the Rockets don't think that they're done, but what, what does that mean, right? Like, do you make another move? Do you really kind of go for the gusto? Or do you sit there and go like, hey, we'll just get another guy to play with these guys? Because they do, there is the chance that the Rockets run into, frankly, what Cleveland ran into, which the Rockets not only got rid of uh, Patrick Beverly, but they also got rid of Lou Williams, who's their scorer off the bench. And you need that, you need that dude off the bench. But with an $8.5 million exception, you can get a decent player. I just, you know, what, what else can you move around when you have Ryan Anderson? Do you move him? Do you move Eric Gordon? I'm Eric Gordon from Indianapolis. Do you move Eric Gordon and, you know, to go and get, to try and go and get Paul George? And then if you're Boston, don't you go for it too? There were some that thought, some that believed that, um, that well, the Cavs are going to win the East next year anyway. And the Warriors are going to win the West anyway. So why not play for the future? But that, that's just not how people are wired. Teams are wired. And we still have the possibility of Cleveland adding another piece. We still have the possibility of Boston adding another piece or two. Um, or maybe the Wizards. Who knows? Are the Wizards so desperate to add a third score that they mortgage their future and go and get Paul George to go along with Brad Beal and John Wall. That, that seems less likely than the others, but it's at least a possibility. And I'll tell you, what, what happened today was, honestly, I think the Western Conference got significantly weaker. Significantly. We would all agree that the Clippers have gone from a threat, at least a, a, a some form of formidable threat with the Golden State Warriors to being a likely non-playoff team. That, that's, not a, that's not a crazy assumption, correct? Okay. And Chris Paul, the, the, the teams we thought he could leave and go to were the San Antonio Spurs, right? They, that would make sense. Maybe Milwaukee makes sense. Move, um, move the Greek freak off of the point guard spot. But that wasn't going to happen. So if, if San Antonio is left with, what do we do with LaMarcus Aldridge? We don't love him. What do we do with Paul Gasol? We don't love him. Tony Parker's coming off a blown-out uh, quad injury. You know, you have, a, you have DeJounte Murray to be your point guard who did not start la- this year as a rookie and is still very much uh, early in the growth curve. Like, San Antonio is not a threat to win an NBA championship with their roster as it's currently constructed. Is that fair? That's fair. And if they can't add Chris Paul, who is the big-time guard they can add while they wait for Tony Parker and find out if Tony Parker ever becomes good again? There isn't one. This move hurts the San Antonio Spurs. This move kills the L.A. Clippers. And the Rockets, I think they're better, but it's, it, you got two dominant ball handlers and you lost a lot of your bench. I'm not convinced it actually makes them a better basketball team, even if they have better pieces at the point guard position and the wing position or small forward position. But then if you're the Celtics, don't you go for it? Don't you push your chips kind of somewhat on the table? And there's the thought that LeBron may end up leaving and go to the Lakers next year and you'll still be in prime position. Don't you go for it. 
I would say the answer is yes. Go ahead, Ryan Music. Well, so we're all we're wondering where Paul George is going to end up because we basically are assuming that the Pacers are not going to try and let him play out his next contract, and they're going to try and at least get something for him. And it seems interesting that no matter where he goes, is he going to be the number three option, or what is he going to be? Because if he, you talk about the interesting fit that it could be with Chris Paul and James Harden. And then if you throw Paul George into the mix, I mean, that's another player who likes to have the ball in his hands. Or if you look at the Boston situation, Isaiah Thomas handles the ball a lot. And then the hope is that they get Gordon Hayward, who would also need to handle the ball a lot. And then you put Chris, uh, then you would put Paul George in that situation. It just seems like I know he wants out of Indiana, but I don't really know what is actually considered a good fit for him. Uh, well, Paul George does not have to be a dominant ball handler, but he's a scorer. Don't get me wrong. And you need the ball. And I've never seen anybody score when they don't actually touch the basketball. I haven't seen that. But there's a difference to how Paul George plays and how James Harden plays or how Chris Paul plays or how Russell Westbrook plays in terms of the volume of touches and the volume of dribbles uh, that they that they have when they're playing a game. So I think he fits fine with the Celtics. Um, I think he would fit the Cavs as their third best score. I think there's plenty of opportunities there. It would be a little bit different. The, the one thing about the Cavs, which I think he'd probably like, is there'd be a lot of the game in which he would play small forward more than power forward, which he didn't like playing. Which the crazy part about it is that created a mismatch for him. So, uh, yes, in technique, in, in all technicalities, everybody needs the needs the basketball to score. But Paul George is not a guy who hunts the basketball and always goes kind of one-on-one at the top of the key with a high ball screen the way you're thinking with these uh, dominant ball-handling guards. Does that make any sense to you, Music? Yeah, no, I guess, I guess it makes sense. But it just seems like I know the trend for these – stars in the NBA now is that they all kind of want to team up so that that way they can be able to compete with the Warriors. I just right. wonder if Paul George's desire, I mean, I guess whatever the Pacers, where they want to trade him to, since he doesn't have one of those no trade clause, he kind of ends up going anyway. I just wonder if he kind of wants to end up on a team like the Lakers, where he's the guy on the team and then people come to join his team. Like, does that make any difference? I- no, I don't think so. I think you. everybody knows that you need other players in order to be good. right? And so the story with Paul George is he's still trying to work other guys into, hey, you should come to the Lakers. We'll be really good there. So while you assume Brandon Ingram be good, you hope that Lonzo Ball be good. You're like, I'd be good, but I need somebody else on the other side of the floor so I'm not constantly being double teamed. I do think you need decent players with you. But we should also remember, look at all the turnover you'll see in the NBA this year. You'll see even more going forward into next year. What does the Fox say? Wait till you hear what Bill Platsky, longtime L.A. writer, says on about Chris Paul's departure to Houston. That's upcoming next. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we like to brag about our lineup here. That's because our lineup is better than everybody else's lineup, right? From Clay to Dan, 
to, uh, you know, you get Undisputed, which is Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp and Joy Taylor in the morning on Sirius XM Channel 83, uh, to Colin Cowherd, I mentioned Dan Patrick, uh, all the way to JT the Brick, Steve Gorman Sports, and on into uh, the night with uh, Jason Smith. You, you get so many good shows. We like to cherry pick Rich Eisen, cherry pick from them, find the best stuff and bring it back for you. That's how we call it. And now. What does the fuck say? Uh, earlier today, Bill Platsky was on Fox Sports Radio, longtime L.A. Times sports writer. He had this to say about Chris Paul. He's a quitter. He had the richest owner in basketball. He had the entertainment capital of the world. He was a leader of the team. He was a star in a star-driven town. Chris Paul left the Clippers in tatters. They were going to rebuild the franchise around him. He was a symbol. Chris Paul was the face of the rebirth of the Clippers. This is not Blake Griffin's team, not DJ's team. And he walked away from all of them. Steve Ballmer's got to think, what am I doing owning this team? If, if I can't get the marquee players to stay with me, they walk out on me. I think Doc Rivers has to think, what am I doing here? I said this to Steve. As much as I you know, love L.A. And, and I like the Clippers to stay, they'd be better off in a different city. He's talking about building a new arena down in Inglewood. They got Jerry West, a new arena, Doc Rivers, and it still wasn't enough for Chris Paul. How much longer is Doc going to stick around for this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much longer is Doc Rivers? How much longer do they want Doc Rivers to stay around for this? That was a weird perspective from Plachke. Really weird. I mean, look, they had run into, they had, they were bumping into their ceiling. I thought they were better than their eventual finishes, but we can be honest and say everything was not rosy in Camelot, can't we? Like, was Bill Plachke the only one who thought that that team wasn't the perfect team? I mean, like, I don't, and the idea of having the richest owner in the NBA, like, that doesn't really matter to anybody. There's only so much you can actually pay these guys anyway. It really is. You have a location? You do, but you're still the Clippers. The Clippers story is no different than the Brooklyn Nets story. We saw this story with the Brooklyn Nets with Mikhail Prokhorov, you know, five, seven years ago, where, oh, he comes in, I have billions of dollars. Opulence, a chazit, right? That's what he came in and he was acting like. In the first five years, we will win the championship. They didn't win any championship. Can't buy a championship. Got to get a little lucky, got to draft well. Got to buy just kind of the right guy, get the right coach, have the right fan base, be in the right conference at the right moment, and strike. And none of that end up seeming to work out for him. Steve Ballmer paid a billion dollars above the actual value of the L.A. Clippers. And sure, he's going to build a new arena that's going to be ready in like seven years. It's still the Clippers. It's still the Clippers. Um, yes, the rhyme music. So the, where the Clippers are at now, is Blake Griffin still... Where they are? Yeah, now that they don't have Chris Paul. No, uh, you said where they're at. Oh, uh, where they are. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. Is Blake Griffin still one of those players in the NBA that you can sort of build the team around and be successful? Like, if you find another point guard to play with Blake Griffin, is that enough to compete in the West? To win the championship? Well, I, I don't know. They weren't necessarily like a legitimate championship contender, but are they just one point guard away from getting back to where they were? Um, it, you know, what point guard would that be? That's the problem with it. Now, what this trade could bring them is the depth that they have so badly needed, right? 
Like the Clippers, the problem with the Clippers was they just had too many holes. They didn't have a small forward. They didn't have, you know, they had Austin Rivers as their backup point guard who wasn't really a point guard. But, and he had spots where he was actually pretty good this year. Jamal Crawford's aging. And they didn't have, you know, most spates off the bench was done. He was washed. That's why the, 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 that's why the Warriors let him go. So I, are they a point guard away? Yeah, if, they have, if there's another Chris Paul out there they could get, they would be a Chris Paul away from competing at the same level they were last year, and they'd probably be better because they have all these other pieces as part of that trade. The problem is there isn't another CP3 out there. Do you think the team, really, do you think a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves is going to sort of jump into that playoff spot and force the Clippers out? I mean, I know it's hard to predict depending on how the rest of these rosters fill out, but right, you have to see how the rest of the roster. You have to see how the rest of the rosters fill out is absolutely fair. But yeah, I mean, that's we talked about it last week, which is everybody's saying Minnesota is going to be a playoff team. Or last Friday after the Thursday draft, everybody's going to say, "Well, you got to take a team out of the playoffs." Would it be Portland? Maybe. You know what? What happens with New Orleans? Can the Pelicans figure it out in time? But yeah, I don't. I don't think. Yes, the Clippers could drop out of the playoffs. We'll see if the Spurs, they've been so consistent. We still haven't heard from Monte Ginobili whether he's coming back. We think that, that Tony Parker, he says he wants to come back, but saying you want to come back and coming back when you have that type of debilitating leg injury late into your 30s, that, that makes it more and more unlikely. So there will be some opportunities. Some opportunities to, uh, to get there. Hmm. But a fascinating day. I mean, he was... The signature clipper. I wouldn't call him a I don't like the idea that he's a quitter. I just, you know, he's going to lose a little bit of money. He's going to go to a different city, a different team, and try and win more games. Like, that's just changing jobs, Plotsky. Don't be fanboy. Let's hear what Colin Cowherd had to say about those Houston Rockets. Daryl Morey, he's a little bit of the opposite of Danny Ainge. He ain't into draft picks. He wants stars. He is aggressive. Look around the NBA right now at the best teams. They have been the aggressive teams, not the patient teams. The Golden State Warriors already won a title. The Warriors said, let's be aggressive and get another player. They win another title. Houston saying, we're a playoff team. We're not into draft picks. What Boston's doing is an outdated model. I'm not saying you don't pick Lonzo Ball, but you have have to aggressively pursue stars. Wait, isn't Boston aggressively pursuing stars, Colin? Aren't they aggressively pursuing Gordon Hayward and aggressively pursuing Paul George and potentially aggressively pursuing uh, Blake Griffin? So, yeah, I don't, you know. You also have to remember where each franchise was when each general manager took over. I I think that he's done a great job in Houston of building teams that have won some regular season games. But if we want to act like he's built a championship chip team, they have not. They just haven't. You know, I mean, they beat, the, they beat the Clippers to go to the Western conference finals a couple of years ago, but they only did so because Chris Paul actually got hurt. So I think he's a very aggressive um, general manager, but I'm not, I don't necessarily think that he values basketball people enough to ask the question, hey, is, doesn't Chris Paul need the ball a ton in order to make plays? And isn't that how James Harden plays? Like, oh, you got to come and play for Mike D'Antoni. It's the best system anywhere. It probably is. The only problem with that system is it's really good for one point guard, and now you essentially have two. You have two. 
Meta World Peace is going to join us upcoming next. I don't know. I didn't think Phil would work. I didn't think Phil was a locked-up cinch to be good. Did you guys think he would definitely be good as president? I didn't. And one of the reasons I didn't is because Phil is a little bit aloof. He's a little bit of a loner. He's kind of got his own guys in the NBA, and none of them have really been, you know, Brian Shaw hasn't been successful. And so I, I felt like Phil Jackson is the type of guy that would be sitting in his rocket chair reading a book, drawing up plays every night. And like that would be kind of his thing when he's a head coach and, or a general manager. And none of that's working. We'll ask Metal World Peace about it next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm in, I, I can't wait to see how the world views Chris Paul's move. Like I view it as kind of brave, kind of bold, Right. Like, he was like, mm, this isn't working for me. This isn't working for me. So many of us, um, we, we, don't, we don't do that in life. We won't do that with our own jobs. We won't do that with our own relationships. I tell this to people all the time. With, um, you know, once you've been in a relationship for six months and it, or a year or so, you know, you ask a guy like, oh, is she the one? And he goes, I don't know. Well, then you do know, generally. And um, you know that she's not the one, but uh, you're probably just too lazy to to cut her, right? Because if you cut her, then you got to go find another one. Then you got to go through the whole process all over again and, you know, tell them all the same stories again about your background and go then the awkward first meeting with the parents or sometimes the step parents in this case. And you're like, oh, it's just too much. And then what if you that one you don't know either or you don't really, you're not really feeling either? Like, eh, I kind of, you know, bird in the hand, two in the bush, we're good. I wish it was another way. I wish so many of us were in relationships because our significant other just adores them. And some of us are. But there's a good portion of us that are in relationships with people who are just like, eh, it's just too much hassle. They're fine. They're fine. I've accepted their flaws. They're fine. That's no different than Chris Paul, isn't it? Right? Like Chris Paul was gonna was set to sign a contract. Had he stayed, they would have signed him a contract extension worth two hundred and five million dollars. Two hundred and five million dollars. Five years, two hundred and five million dollars. Or two hundred wait, excuse me, was it two fifty it was obscene money. Two hundred and five million. And so he retains those Larry Bird rights, and because he opted into his contract, he'll be a free agent next year. Meaning, if Carmelo Anthony maintains his free agency next year, LeBron James does as well. Dwayne Wade's contract expires with the Bill with the Bulls. There is that chance for the Banana Boat Crew to get together yet again, or for the first time, not on a banana boat, but get together and play basketball together. There's something brave, though, about what Chris Paul did. Chris Paul was sitting there, and everybody's like, well, you know, he's gonna, they're going to put a statue of him out front. He's a signature player. He's arguably the greatest player in, Chris, in Clippers history. And he said, you know what, guys? I just, this isn't working. I'll let you trade me. I'll work on a one-year deal. I'll keep my options open. And I just need, I just need a, cha- I just need a change. I think it's like the most relatable thing 
you can find in basketball. Because how many people do you know that just go like, I just needed a change. I just, people are in cold weather states do it all the time. You know what? I just, I couldn't go and scrape my, my windshield and go to work again in the snow. I, I slipped on the ice last year and I told myself, never again. There are people that are in big cities that are playing, that are paying too much. Like, you know what? I just, I just want to teach and be laid back. I'm going to go to a college town, live outside, get some land, have some dogs, kids, big jungle gym, and be done with it. Right? So, um, yeah, I just, I don't, I, I, I don't see it as sinister in any way. I see, I don't necessarily see it working. Like, I don't think that it's Chris. You had, like, if you added Chris Paul to the Spurs, that team has a legitimate chance to win the whole thing. You add him to the Houston Rockets, who had to trade away kind of everything outside of their starters. They literally got rid of everything. Like, everything must go. Like, that, 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 that. I don't know. I, I think of it as brave, but I also don't think it's necessarily smart. It's not always smart to get out of a relationship just into another one. Like, oh, I just got a relationship. But will it work long term? Like, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know. They already have a point guard. He's their dominant ball handler. Can you make them better? Like, yeah. Do you have a coach that can figure it out? Sure. Will you be? And this is what I said about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant said he's the best version of himself with the Golden State Warriors. Am I led to believe that Chris Paul, who plays great defense, who wants the ball in his hands, is going to defer to James Harden, who doesn't play any defense, as I volume of, of everything guy? Are we led to believe that Chris Paul will be the best version of himself? I don't think so. So I, I can reward it and say it's bra- or I can commend it and say it's brave. I have no problem with that. None. But it's really, really brave of him to walk away from being the greatest L.A. Clipper in history. And you can laugh about me. I say all the time, you'd rather have the best trailer in a trailer park than have a mediocre trailer in a trailer park, didn't, wouldn't you? Music, do you know that I'm in a couple Hall of Fames? Are you aware of this? Ramos, you know this, that I'm, on the, I'm in a couple Hall of Fames? I do yeah. not know you're in a couple Hall of Fames, but can I guess one of them? Sure. This uh, college basketball, like, Hall of Fame. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, I would love to be. I don't think I was that good. Um, I am in the Southern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame and the Orange County Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. There you that, go. There you go. That's and, good. And when, I was, and, was, and, and when I was inducted into the Southern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame, I was a little bit shy about it, right? Like, I wasn't that into it at the time, at first. And I had the plaque, and I gave a speech. It was a very nice night. And we go, to a, we go to a restaurant in West L.A., and I end up meeting up with a couple of my buddies who happen to be in town. And they're like, what are you doing in town? Why are you all dressed up in a suit? I said, well, I'm in town. I got an award. What award did you get? I said, well, I'm in the Southern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. They're like, what? Speak up. We can't hear you. I'm in the Southern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. And you know what they said? They said, that is so cool. And I was like, yeah, stop. You're patronizing me. Like, no, 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 that's cool. So a buddy of mine went around the bar 
and asked everybody in the bar if any of them were in a, in a, in a Hall of Fame of any kind. And none of them were. And the idea is that, like, hey, I'm not in, like, the College Basketball Hall of Fame or the Naismith Hall of Fame, but simply being in any, being in one, that's an incredible honor. Chris Paul, he'll probably be a Naismith Hall of Famer, but for the Clippers, he is their guy. And while music, I, I, I've never liked the idea of who's, whose team is it? Does, it doesn't have to be anybody's team. Like, roles just kind of end up getting assigned. It gets to be super, super easy. But, you know, what? what's interesting to me is that he was in a big pond. He was a big fish because he was the big fish in the smaller of the two big ponds with the Clippers as opposed to the Lakers. He was synonymous with Clippers basketball. So there's some stupidity or maybe some immaturity or a lack of maybe foresight because I don't think he put himself on a championship team as of now. I could be wrong if they had the right piece. But there is also a certain balance to Chris Paul to where he wasn't simply chasing that $205 million check, which could come next year or could not. He gets, t- he gets hurt this year. He's not that good this year. Who's going to give him $205 million for when he's 35, 36, 37, 38? Not very many. Do you think that the reaction to Chris Paul going to the Rockets won't be as harsh because as what Kevin Durant got because the Rockets weren't actually in the finals and they hadn't already won a title? Or is it because Chris Paul isn't quite on the same level as like Kevin Durant being like the second or first best player in the league? I think um I think it's because the Rockets petered out in the playoffs and they're the Rockets, right? Instead of the Warriors who won 73 games, they were up three games to one. I think it's that. Um, I think it's that Chris Paul has never been the MVP of the league, even though Kevin and Kevin Durant has. He hasn't led the league in scoring. So I think there's a couple of factors. Uh, and, but the biggest factor is he's also leaving the Clippers, who are not synonymous with winning, um, who weren't in the Western Conference. Finals. So it, it had to do more with the actual story of Durant, and Durant had been the MVP. What's the story with Metal World Peace, Ryan? Uh, the story right now is that his phone is off. So oh. we are uh, <laughs> we're trying to get a hold of Whoops. him. That's the story. All right. How close were the Cavs to getting Paul George? How close were they? You'll find out next. But first, let me tell you about the absolute best thing on the market. If you, like me, like to grill, like to cook out, like to smoke meats, uh, if you have a diverse set of skills for weekend cooking for weekday cooking outside then the only website you need to go to is biggreenegg.com and find an authorized dealer near you you can perfectly roast a chicken you can sear steaks at 750 to 800 degrees just like they do in all the great steakhouses in the country you can be the original neighborhood pizza meister or the ceo of low and slow just using the insulating ceramics of the egg to allow precise temperature control, even low heat. You want to cook low and slow for hours without adding charcoal? No problem at all. Grilling, baking, smoking, roasting. The egg retains heat and moisture so that foods don't, just don't dry out. Poultry, beef, vegetables are naturally tastier because of the juices and flavors that stay locked inside. Simply go to biggreenegg.com biggreenegg.com. You can find an authorized dealer near you.
With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So apparently, Dan Gilbert nearly traded for Chris Paul. Uh, actually nearly traded for Paul George and Eric Bledsoe as well. Um, Dan Gilbert wanted to trade uh, for Paul George and Eric Bledsoe if he had gotten assurance from LeBron James that LeBron would, in fact, stay. Uh, would he actually stay in in Cleveland next year? LeBron, uh, would, would you say scoffed? Is that the word? People don't, don't scoff on a, on a daily basis. But apparently LeBron scoffed at the idea of guaranteeing he, he would stay. So it almost happened. They almost dealt away Kyrie Irving, which just sounds so foolish. For Eric Bledsoe, I, I don't see it. What am I missing that... Uh, what am I missing that Dan Gilbert sees in Eric Bledsoe as in compared to Kyrie Irving? Is he a better defensive player? Sure. He's not nearly as good a shooter. And he's had some injuries to that knee, although he was a freak athlete and still probably is a freak athlete. Don't love it. Don't love it at all. It's think- funny in Cleveland. I got a chance to hang out with David Blatt yesterday. Uh, talked to him a little bit. I, I offered to write the book. He's like, what book? I was like, the book about you coaching in Cleveland, he laughed. And then we, um, so I'm coaching the Maccabi Games team. It's like the Jewish Olympics. We don't have all of the very best Jewish American players. There's some really good ones. TJ Leaf, obviously, first round draft pick. TJ Klein, who's the A-10 player of the year. Neither of them made the trip. Spencer Weitz, who's the Ivy League player of the year. So there's some good Jewish players. They, they did not because they're going to play uh, in summer league, stateside, they didn't make the trip. We have a nice little team. We've been together four days. So we played the 20 and under national team of the Israelis in a friendly, got whooped, and uh, I would say probably the most skilled player on the court, I don't know if you call him the best player on the court, was actually David Blatt's son, Tamir, who plays um, professionally at, I think he's 20 years old now, plays professionally 20 years old. In Israel. So really, really talented kid. Not a great athlete. Could use like weight training in the States to give him some bounce and give him a little better first step. But man, makes every right decision. Tremendous passer and tremendous shooter. What were you saying, music? Well, I was going to say on the the Cleveland Cavaliers trade front, do you think that they were trying to get rid of Kyrie for Paul George because they think Paul George could match up and sort of negate Kevin Durant and they weren't as concerned with their point guard matchup thinking that, okay, Bledsoe's not that much of a downgrade from Kyrie, whereas Paul George significantly upgrades us at what our worst matchup was going up against the Warriors. Wait, wait, give me that again. Wait, so Kyrie, I, 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 I wasn't following you. Give me one more time. Okay, so if you're the Cavaliers, you're not worried about giving up Kyrie because he may be better than Eric Bledsoe, but it's the fact that Paul George is so much greater than what their previous option was in like Richard Jefferson and on the defensive matchup for Kevin Durant because that's what right. killed Par- them in that Par- series. Part of this deal is, remember, it does not trade away Kevin Love. Right? 
as I read the deal, it was before the draft, Kyrie Irving and something like Channing Frye to Phoenix for Eric Bledsoe and the fourth pick. They would have shipped the fourth pick to Indy for Paul George. This is Vince um, Gorg, uh, was it uh, Grorgek or something like that? Griorgic. How do you pronounce Huh? Griorgic? Yeah, I think. I believe that's it. Is that what we're going with? That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> Let's just Editor, go with that. He's the editor-in-chief of the Cleveland scene. Okay. So um, so he said the, that's the story that he heard. And they didn't, they, they didn't get the trade done because Dan Gilbert was like, I'm gonna make, not going to make this trade and then lose every year, but he might lose everybody next year. So does this lead you to believe that LeBron's not coming back? I, I thought the most interesting part is that now maybe New York becomes a possible destination. It, it's possible. Uh, James Dolan is not beloved, but let's see who they hire. You know, they're going after Toronto's Masai Ujiri, who, of course, uh, came over uh, probably a decade ago, was a wildly decorated success in Europe, and now has done nice things with the Toronto Raptors. I, I think if it's just somebody who can find a way to collect some good young talent, if you have Porzingis, you got Carmelo, he wants to stay, you could get Dwayne Wade at minimal money, could you find a way to get LeBron? It's not, it's not crazy. Is it likely? Well, it's more likely now than it was before they fired Phil Jackson. I think we'd all agree with that. But I don't think anybody would say it's likely. Um, Yeah, Paul George does make you better. But I don't know if uh, he makes you better at, yes, at. So who are you replacing? You're replacing, I mean, I guess you would bring J.R. Smith off the bench. I don't know. That deal didn't get done, so it doesn't matter. Like, talking about deals that their their timeline has passed, <laughs> as if they're, you know what I mean? That That's like, you know. Hypothetical deals. Those are the best. Right. And it's also, and like, look, I, I'm sure Vince does a really good job of covering Cleveland, and he's got some really good sources. But trades can be so fishy. You know, like, wow, why didn't they make that trade? Why didn't Indy make that trade? What is Indy holding on for? Um, I would say Indy, Indy's holding on for a player and a pick more than just a pick. But the, the point is that if it really got close to happening, wouldn't, wouldn't that have gotten out before? Or is it not getting out because everybody thinks LeBron James is, in fact, leaving? I don't know. It's the, the switching teams is fascinating because um, it's, it's supposedly anti-sports, but guys have been doing it in basketball and AAU teams and high school teams and, frankly, even college teams for years. And, and in all, all candor, if you look at the NBA, there have been lots of players that have switched teams. Star players, for the most part, didn't. Larry Bird didn't. Magic Johnson didn't. Obviously, retired early. Michael Jordan didn't. After he retired, he went back and did, in fact, play for the Wizards, but that was after two years off, I believe. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did. Wanted out of Milwaukee. Will Chamberlain did. He wanted out of Philadelphia. But uh, Jerry West didn't. When you look around, some of the Tony, uh, uh, Tim Duncan didn't. Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, the San Antonio Spurs that won all those championships, they didn't. And so it does feel like the AAU high school mentality of 
you know, I don't like it here. I'm going to switch teams. I think it's different with Chris Paul because he was a signature player and he's turning down money and he's got, there's, there's so much risk in what he's doing, but it was kind of obvious to everybody that it just wasn't working. I'm almost of the mindset, almost of the mindset that, um, that Chris Paul kind of is one of those did everybody a favor. Like, uh, I don't really, we don't really want to give Chris Paul the $205 million because he would have forever been, um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for, Ramos, where you're, People are always, they're not mad. They're more jealous and envious of you. Like he would have been, he's like 32. So the five-year contract, he would have been 36, 35, 36, 37 in the last two years of that deal. What's it called when, when people like hold some, some, what you make at your age, whatever, a little bit against you. What's the word I'm looking for? A grudge? There's a different word. Okay. That, would, that wasn't um, it. <laughs> you, you were close. <laughs> I mean, but it's not really uh, a grudge. It's like, yeah. um, oh, it's, I'm thinking there's a, there's a word I'm thinking. It will come to me. It, it is showing disdain, but that's not, what again, what I'm talking about. It's, um, they would have, uh, I mean, they would have held it against him a little bit. They would have um, not been envious of him. Um, he, it, it, it almost... There's jealousy to it. There's another word. I'll think of the word. But it's almost like he did them a favor. Like I've said this before for the St. Louis Cardinals, the greatest thing ever was they offered our pools really a six-year deal that he could take three one-year extensions on and could make it nine years. And it was like, I don't know, like I'm going to say like $185 million or something like that. It was a ton of money. And then the the – the Miami Marlins came in and it might even been in the twos. The Marlins came in and offered him over 300 million and the angels offered him 300 million over 10 years. Plus a service contract after he's done. So he can be a spokesman for the angels and make like a million dollars. Cause you know, once you made $300 million, you need another million after you're done playing. And it was one of those things where it kind of helped St. Louis out. They're like, Hey, we offered you money and you didn't want it. And we end up being okay. And that's kind of where the Clippers will be. Although I do think in the short term, there is a massive drop off and there's a ton of issues that they have going with it. I still can't think of that word. Does buyer know the word? Just trying to think what it is. It's like when it's, there's maybe the source for when they, people hold things against you. It's not jealous or envious. You guys hit all those words. There's one other word I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of that I can't, that he would be, Byer, you have any idea what I'm talking No, about? I thought John was close with grudge. Yeah, I don't want to say they hold a, hold a grudge. Would maybe uh, try to get like, back? Oh the, oh, the old guy, yeah, he's making like $35, $40 million a year. Ah, God, he's just, Chris Paul wears me out. Oh, hey, Chris, how you doing? Right? It's like one of those things. Like, did he really have to take $205 million? Two-Face? Not too fake. <laughs> there's be animosity. There would be animosity towards him. Again, it wasn't the word I was looking for, but all these, there's animosity towards the fact that he would, late in his career, be being way overpaid for his actual level of skill. Actual level of skill. So this may help him. They got a ton of players in return. I, I'm not sure how many of them are actually good. We'll see. Lou Williams, good coming out the bench. Patrick Beverly, I think, better coming out the bench. 
And uh, as of now, as of now, um, the same player who many people thought ultimately uh, built fissures in the Clippers, the son of the head coach is probably their starting point guard day one. Possibly. Possibly. All right, first let's find out. Let's, uh, we'll get to the press. Five things. Nah, we, we got like six or seven. Uh, all the things you've missed from the rest of the world of sports after we find out what's trending. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. There have been other things I've been told going on in the world of sports, right? It just feels like the NBA is so much bigger. Uh, I thought the David Irving story is is a big one. Um, is that one in the press music? I like I, I try to not uh, not not tip my hand at the press. The David Irving story is big, big. He was like he's like the all time. He's a he was a feel good story. A guy who got in trouble at Iowa State ultimately had to leave, and then I mean he's just a freak of nature. As uh, he had all those sacks and knockdowns with the Dallas Cowboys. Now he's suspended first four games. Yeah. All right, we'll get to it after the press. That's an interesting one. Some baseball stuff I want to get to. Dodgers Angels. Ramos, you and uh, you and music going to the Dodgers Angels. We game? should the go together. Line? I agree with you. We haven't, but we should. Why haven't you? Ah, uh, you know, family stuff. Dodgers won eight out of eleven. Dodgers playing some good ball now. Good, good ball. All right, let's get to the press. The press. Dan Byer, what do you got? We got a bunch of stuff, you know, Doug. It's always a game to find out what may strike your intrigue. David Irving didn't make it, but the Cowboys' defensive end was suspended four games for violating the NFL policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Not the only one to get a ban today. Carlos Williams, the free agent running back, suspended a year by the NFL. But David Irving got to miss the first like, four wasn't games. Wasn't he super fat coming into camp with the Bills, right? Yeah, then um, he, when, he, when he played, he was really good and uh, for the short stint that he had, and uh, things just haven't worked out since. Now mm. a free agent and... Yeah, the David Irving story to me strikes me as the big. It's like we don't freak out at all about NFL players using PEDs, do we? I mean, we should. I mean, maybe it's because David Irving looks like I mean he's like six foot seven, super super lean, uh, but he had five tackles for a loss. Remember, he only started two games last season, finished with four sacks, uh, but he had. I mean, he's just. He's just kind of a monster over there. I mean, he's huge, six foot seven, like two hundred and thirty pounds. Uh, excuse me, two hundred two hundred seventy three pounds, six foot seven, uh, coming off you know a tremendous season for a, a relatively unknown guy. And remember, he was filling in because Randy Gregory was suspended also, uh, violating the league's uh, drug policy. So that's a devastating one. But the Carlos Williams thing, that one kind of fits the. Comes in super fat. All of a sudden, he gets back into shape really quickly. Blows up uh, for the short time he's in there. Like, yeah, he strikes me as a guy that probably did something to get back on the field. 
Let's stick with the NFL, where former running back Clinton Portis told SI.com he was so mad about losing millions in bad investments that he considered murdering one of the men that caused him to become bankrupt. In fact, Portis said that he sat outside of, or sat in a car outside of the guy's office one night in 2003, but a friend, close friend, talked him out of doing anything really stupid. But Clinton Portis says that he was on the verge of murder. Hmm. You know, I mean, like I, I do. I think there's if something happened to your kids, I think you could see yourself in in that 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 space mentally. And you know, if you made forty three point one million dollars over nine years, that was when. And all of a sudden, somebody tells you that you're broke, and you're like, "Wait a second! I invested. I was told everybody always told me when you get your money invested, I invested smartly, and now the money is gone." I'm not saying I blame him. I, I can't say I blame him for feeling that way. They don't like and each I'm other. Gla- who, and whoever his friend is is a really good friend. But I, I, it's, is it crazy for me to say that I can't? I'm glad he didn't pull the trigger. But this is like, uh, was it Chris Rock and the OJ thing? Yes. He shouldn't have killed her, but I understand. How about this or the NFL? Panthers wide receiver Steve Smith Sr. told the Rich Eisen Show on Fox Sports Radio he doesn't see, quote, retiring as a Panther as being something on his radar. Of course, retired from the NFL now and maybe still some bad feelings from when he left Carolina. Yep, bad feelings. They went to the Super Bowl without him, although, you know. Um, there was that. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was that. There was that. But then they, they missed him. Then they missed him. Uh, this year, especially as Kelvin Benjamin was fat, I he it was just a, it's a weird thing. I don't like those one year deals anyway, or one day deals anyway. Like I think that's lame. Like you left, why do you have to come back and retire as a certain? Like we remember if you're really good, we remember you on that team. Agreed. Uh, we, but he was always, you know, he had that nasty fight in camp. He had some issues. He was a very good player. Him and Cam, He's, you know, maybe didn't get along as. Well, he was As the one much. who said Cam's not good in the red zone and reading defenses, and um, I think I think there was a lot of accuracy to that. But I do think at some point bygones are bygones, and he'll come back home. How about this for teammates? Cubs catcher Miguel Montero designated for assignment less than 24 hours after criticizing pitcher Jake Arrieta after last night's game. Nat stole seven bases. This was Montero's response after the game. It really sucked because, you know, like the stolen bases go to me. And when you really look at it, the pitcher doesn't give me any time. So it's just like, yeah, okay, Miggy can throw nobody out. Yeah, but my pitchers don't hold anybody out. So, I mean, that's that's the reason why they were running left and right today because, you know, he was slow to the play. Simple as that. It's a shame that, you know, like, it's my fault because I didn't throw anybody out. Yes. And now- did, he say my, did he say my pitchers uh, or did he say my bitches? Which did he say? I, I couldn't. I, like I think I like it was a P. Uh, it was it was my pictures. <laughs> just want to make sure. Yes. Just, yes. I just want to make sure you like you never know, right? I mean, might be like, hey, my my bitches didn't get to home play quick enough. Like, well, okay, well, maybe I didn't know you had it like that, Miguel. Yes. And there's the, something off about there's something off about the Cubs, right? We can all agree with that. Like when and Montero's done that before. He got into it, Terry Francona, over how he's used last off season. Um, <clears throat> you know, Kyle Schwarber has forgotten how to swing a baseball bat. There's a little bit of disease of me with these guys. You know, Chris Bryant's hitting 259, Anthony Rizzo 258, Kyle Schwarber 171, Addison Russell 230 on base 30% of the time. There's something off with the Cubs now. Yes! I, I still think they make the uh, one of the play-in game playoffs, but 
It's not a lock. Well, that well, the Rockies could help them out. Rockies are starting to fall off, but uh, the, they're closer to the division right now than anything. I will say this. In the NBA, Warriors guard Steph Curry, uh, maybe going after my own heart, uh, he's accepted an invitation to play in the LMA Classic on the Web.com Tour in early August. Yes, yeah, Steph Curry getting a, getting a crack at professional golf. He'll play as an amateur in the event that takes place in Hayward, California. But Steph Curry going to hit the links for real, Doug. Coming up he's a, a little he, over a he's month. A very good, he's supposedly a very, very good golfer. Very good golfer. Um, and then, you know, you saw the shirt off pics in Hawaii with his family. Dude's all ripped up. And Hayward, California, it's not close. It's close to Oakland, so I'm sure he's getting sponsored up by all the Silicon Valley guys. Dan, how good's your golf game? I'm not that good. I just really like to play. Yeah, I'm like a 14-15 handicap, but, uh, but I like to play. As much as I so can. So if you if you go, it's a fourteen fifteen handicap. If you go out and play, play the ball down on a Saturday at a municipal course here in Greater Los Angeles area. What do you? What do yeah, you if I could, if I if I could break ninety, it's a good day. You know, shooting a eighty eight or an eighty seven will make me happy. Ninety two will break ninety. Yeah, so I can work with you. I can get you down below eighty five. Okay, all right, no question. I've been there. It's just not consistent. Just not consistent. Working on the game. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, by the way, are working on a renovating Phillips Arena. Darren Ravel tweeted out, they're going to unveil a new courtside bar in the renovated Phillips Arena. The bar will be actually directly behind one of the baskets. So while you are shooting free throws, you can actually look into the bar that will be the Hawks' new renovated home. I kind of like that. Uh, you know, they've always had these... Um They've always had these bars that are like in the inner. Anytime you go to an NBA arena, if you're a courtside or, or you're down in the low level, you walk into the back. There's a bar inside the arena. Players hang there. Money people afterwards. It's, it's a copy of the old forum club that the Lakers used to have. But this is the, the first one, I believe, that's open air out to the actual arena. The got. Oh, that's the press. Oh, huh? I don't know. John. What, what, what is that, John? What? The got. <laughs> I didn't know what that is, Doug. That's a, that's a John and Ryan thing. Did he say my pitches, pitchers, or did he say <laughs> something else? That. It really sucked because, you know, like the stolen bases go to me. Mm-hmm. And when you really look at it, the pitcher doesn't give me any time. So it's just like, yeah, okay, Mickey can throw nobody out. Yeah, but my pitches don't hold anybody on. So, See? I mean, that's the- he, he said, my pitches don't hold anybody on. Jeez. <laughs> That's why he got sent down. It wasn't because he was calling out Jake Arietta. It was because he called them a bunch of bitches. That happens. Also, everybody's tweeting in on your word. Resentment, yeah. resentful. Resentment. Okay, resentment. that was it. All right. He would be resented. Envious caddy were other, other ones. He would, be, he, he would be resented. You know, when you're like 36 years old and you could have taken less and you could have stayed, you don't have like, can you make $205 million? You can but you could also just take $100 million. Like $100 million is still a lot of money. You don't have to move. And then you get the, the team you want around you. Instead, if you take every last penny and you stay, and then you're like over the hill the last year of your contract, everybody ends up resenting you. That's what happened with Kobe Bryant. Those guys resent. And part of it was Kobe's persona, but, but you know, CP3 has a little bit of that persona. The big three took my advice. What is it and why it will work? Next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm, 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 mm. 
Coming to you live from Tel Aviv, Israel. Is this, this has to be the furthest remote Fox Sports Radio has ever had, right? Is this, is this ever, Ramos, how many years have you been at the company? Since 09. Since 09. Has, yeah. what's, the, what's the weirdest location anybody has ever broadcast from? <laughs> Any shows that I've ever done, this is it. I mean, the farthest I think was, you know, maybe New York from here, from L.A., that is. I think we did a remote from Hawaii. I don't remember anything farther than that that I can remember being on the board for. Yeah, I mean, I'd like just listen. I had one friend, Tiki Barber did, a, did, did one day from Jerusalem. He ran the Jerusalem Marathon. That was kind of, he tipped us off to talk to some people, whatever. It didn't end up working out. But, uh, yeah, we're doing shows. Uh, we'll be in Tel Aviv all of this week. We start touring. I'll go tour Jerusalem, the old city, tomorrow. Uh, we go to the Dead Sea. We go to Masada. We go, you know, we go all over. Uh, then back here with you, it's nighttime, my time. It's creeping up on one in the morning. Um, but this has been, this is going to be incredible. A chance to share some of these stories and the things that we, I see uh, with you guys. And I'll, uh, I'll obviously put them up on Facebook and Instagram and on the on the show Facebook page. And I, I think yeah, I would guess. Go ahead. I think what's great for you is that it's like the end of your day. Like, you know, this is this is the end of your day. So everything's kind of wrapping up for you where it's the rest of us. It's kind of like the, <laughs> the beginning of the day kind of. No, no, yeah, it is. And it also makes it easier. Like I have this entire kind of studio, little TV studio kind of complex to myself and uh they actually, this is funny, they have their own, like, uh, they have Uber here, but they also have a, an app called Get Taxi. Like, that's actually what's called, Get Taxi. Um, and so you press Get Taxi and you get Uber, you can kind of, I, the best way to call it is like Uber, Lyft, whatever, back to wherever you're going. Uh, and And what's interesting is, you know, I'm around, these are like Jewish athletes. There's also junior athletes as well. There's, you know, anything from like, 15, 16 year old kids up to like 25 and they're seniors and, and plus 35 plus 45 as well. And you know, you're not here unless you're a sports fan. And so when Chris Paul leaving Houston, there's so many people from LA as well as New York, Chris, and with the Phil Jackson news, this was a big day. Like everyone is reacting to it in Israel. It really shows even the Israelis, the power of the NBA. This is a big basketball country, even if it's a small country. But kind of fascinating. I'll, I'll share uh, my thoughts on the old city that I'll go see tomorrow, tomorrow on the show. Howard Beck from Bleach Report will join us. I'm interested to see where J.J. Reddick goes. That'd be fascinating to see where J.J. Reddick ends up playing because he's not going to return with the L.A. Clippers as uh, they've begun the, the purge, if you will. Do you guys see the big three took my advice? My um, music, you, you be God is my witness. I, I didn't talk about the downside to the big three before the, before it went on. I mean, for the obvious reasons that it's a Fox sports property, Amy Trask is a friend and I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of intrigued by it, but Ryan, do you tell me if I'm wrong? But I thought that the games were going to be a little bit too long, and my my fear was injury. I didn't. I liked the format. I liked the idea of kind of theater theater in the round, the four point shot. Like I I like it, and I like the you know hand checking and trash talking. It's it's summer basketball. It's a reason to go and watch something kind of different. But those are my two big fears. Is that is that an accurate depiction of my feelings before it began? Absolutely. That's 100% correct. You said that one of the biggest concerns you had was the idea that they were playing to a specific point total and not based off of time. 
Yeah, because you start missing shots, and you're like, oh, my God, we're never going to get to 60. So I think they <laughs> – right? You're like, oh, God. And then you're, you're sitting there and stand, you know, they, all the teams play on one day. They have a week off in between. They all play, and it just gets backed up. And you're like, ah, oh, that one team couldn't score. So they're changing it to the to first one to 50, correct? That's correct, yeah. That's according to uh, Brian Mahoney of the Associated Press. They've lowered it from 60 by 10 points down to 50. Is Brian Mahoney of the Associated Press, is he the Adrian Wojnarowski of the big three? Like, is he, if there's a big trade, <laughs> is Brian Mahoney going to get that? Uh, sure, yeah. You see, you see now, Woj has a couple more days before he joins the worldwide leader. That's going to be weird, right? That's Compton and Magic together. Somebody needs to go back through his. I wonder if Woj is going to go back through his Twitter account because he zinged ESPN several times when, uh, when his, he broke stories and it went, it went on their bottom line as sources. So... I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean, look, Democrats, Republicans, we're all capitalists. And Woj is going to get to do his do his thing. He's always been good to us. We'll see if he still gets to come on. But I think the Clippers are dead in the water. They're going to have to hit. Somebody's going to have to walk past the Xbox and plus restart. I think the Rockets are interesting, but I'm not sure they're that much better. But more than anything, hurts the Spurs, hurts the Clippers, helps the House. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show from Israel on Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free 